0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to Storytime with Shade. I know it's been a very long time, and I can do nothing but apologize for that, but I am back with more stories to hopefully creep you guys out a little bit. I'm going to keep the intro to this one really short, uh, so we can just hop right into the story. It's been a while, uh, so I'm excited to get going. Uh, So I'm going to break this one into two parts, um, and the second part will be out very shortly um so I, I hope you guys like it and uh without any further ado welcome back and here we go I remember that she grew strawberries on her front lawn. Not the most notable thing about her, but it had been comforting to know that if I couldn't get into the house, at least I wouldn't starve. I kept my distance for weeks, months even. I would, only on the rarest of occasions, get close enough to grab a few strawberries, just enough to ward off starvation before retreating back into the wild. I only did this when I knew she was asleep, and I always made sure to be quiet and not leave a trail, lest I be discovered and dealt with. That summer, I ate fairly well. I remember that in the fall, she must have started to notice the lack of strawberries on her lawn, but rather than be upset about it, she set out more food. Nuts and seeds and things of that nature. I took these as the offerings they were and accepted them, gratefully. When the weather got colder, I began to devise a plan. I knew I couldn't survive the winter out in the elements, and I needed somewhere warm for shelter. I would find a way inside, and I would hide, and I would stay hidden as long as I could. I would not steal more than the bare necessities to survive. I started to watch her from a distance, being careful not to expose myself. And began to formulate a plan. It seemed on most days that she would wake up and have coffee. The time would vary, but I could always smell it. It became my alarm clock, in fact. If I ever slept in, the smell of that coffee would wake me, and I would begin my daily ritual of scouting. Before the sun rose too high in the sky, she would come out and tend to her garden taking special care of the large patch of strawberries that grew against her house. There were a few times when, dazzled by her glowing yellow hair in the sun, I would lose myself and get distracted. I would always dart out of sight before she saw me, but I began to wonder if she sensed me watching her. Some days she would leave, other days she would not. I couldn't keep track of the days of the week, but I did start to distinguish a pattern. One day at home, Two days she would leave from early afternoon to late, then two days at home, then two days gone again, early afternoon to late. My best bet was to get inside as soon as possible during one of the two-day periods where she left for a majority of the day. By October, things were getting colder, and I knew I needed to make a move if I intended to survive through the winter. Scavenging and taking the occasional strawberries wouldn't keep me alive during the bitter cold. I waited until she left one early afternoon, before I approached the house and started testing to see what was locked. To my luck, one of the small kitchen windows was left slightly ajar, and I pushed it open and clambered inside. I remember the smell the most from that first time inside of her house, a warm and subtle vanilla that wafted gently around every room though I couldn't locate the source. I was dirty, and I dared not poke around too much lest I make a mess and be discovered, but I did take a quick peek in the fridge. It wasn't as exciting as I had hoped. I grabbed a couple of small things that I thought she wouldn't notice, and I clambered back outside, taking special care to not leave any trace of myself behind. I landed silently on the cool grass outside the window and I shut it to where it had approximately been prior to my quick reconnaissance mission. When she arrived home, I spent an uncomfortable amount of time crouched in a bush nearby and waiting, just to see if she noticed anything. How I would have known if she had noticed anything escaped me, but I waited nonetheless until I was sure that she hadn't noticed the window or the fridge, before bolting back into the woods nearby and resting for the night. As I lay awake that night, my heart pounded. This was it. There would be no going back. Tomorrow was the day where her house would become our house. And the longer I kept that a secret, the better. The next morning, I once more waited until she left before trying my luck at the window again. It was still open, but the weather was getting colder. If I had waited even one more day, I may have been shut out for the winter. I once more climbed silently inside and was greeted by the welcoming and pleasant smell of vanilla. I found some paper towels on a rack near the window and went to the sink, where I scrubbed as much dirt as I could from my hands and my feet disposing the paper towels deep in the wastebasket underneath the trash that was already there. I looked through her cupboards and found some small things to take with me, then I searched. It didn't need to be big, large enough to fit me, and hidden enough away that she wouldn't find me. The kitchen was no help as far as shelter went, neither was the bathroom, and unless I hoped to hide underneath her clothes for days on end, then her bedroom closet was out too. On the way out of the bedroom, however, I noticed a small square outlined on the ceiling in the hallway. A large metal rung hung down, and I jumped and grabbed it, pulling the beginnings of a small mixture between stairs and ladder out of the opening in the ceiling. It creaked a little, but was surprisingly quiet as I pulled it down. Climbing up, I had an almost euphoric sensation that this was it. There was enough space to be comfortable. It was warm i had easy access to the house, but only if I needed it, I told myself. I pulled the ladder up and secured it in place, sealing myself inside. I moved some of the clutter around, closer to where the ladder came up so it would block her view if she decided to come up to the attic for anything. I had a pile of blankets in a corner that seemed put there especially for me. It would be a much better sleep than I'd had outside and I could cover myself quickly to hide if need be. I curled in a ball on a pile of blankets and pulled one of them over top of me, where I stayed until I fell asleep. When I woke up, I was initially disoriented but I quickly passed and in its place came a certain kind of serenity. It was peaceful and quiet, and I could smell the now familiar smell of coffee stronger than ever. It made my stomach rumble and I quietly nibbled some crackers. What I wanted was some meat, but these would have to do. I remember hearing her downstairs, going about her business, and I envisioned what she must look like, utterly oblivious that there was now somebody squatting in her attic and what she might do upon discovering me. Hopefully, I wouldn't have to worry about it, but if she did come upstairs to the attic, for whatever reason, I did develop a plan for how I would deal with it. I remember thinking that it was a good plan at the time, though it was less of a plan and more of a reaction. But as fortune would have it, things would end much differently than I ever could have predicted, and the claw hammer I kept near my bed was never actually used. I must have been up there for close to three weeks before she discovered me. There were a couple of close calls before then, and one utterly terrifying sneeze, but for the most part that time went by peacefully and uneventfully. I slept, I snacked, I waited until I knew she was gone and I snuck down looking for small amounts of supplies. I would only take tiny portions of things that I didn't think she would notice from things that were already open. I would drink eagerly from the tap in the kitchen as much as I could in one go, knowing sometimes that it may be my only water for the next few days depending on her schedule. I remember becoming complacent, and eventually mortified, when I realized that I had lost track of her schedule. I no longer knew when she was coming or going, and the pattern was no longer consistent. I tried to get track of it again and failed. Her schedule was different from before, and this made me panic and get sloppy. I waited, desperately listening for her car to leave, but didn't hear it. Another day passed, and nothing. When the third day came and went, I became uncertain when she would leave next, so I decided to wait until it was dark and sneak down while she was still in the house. I wasn't confident in my abilities to not be heard, but with the small amount of food I had been taking, I wouldn't last much longer without another trip downstairs. I waited until I knew it was late and opened the ladder down from the attic. I could hear a light snore coming from the bedroom, so climbing down the ladder, I moved slowly like a sloth. Once on the ground, I tiptoed towards the kitchen, where I filled my pockets with a few choice items. I needed water, though, and so at the risk of being discovered, I turned the tap on, just a little bit, and started suckling from the nozzle, trying to make as little sound as I could. I turned off the nozzle and was ready to head back up to the attic to settle down for another few days, when I suddenly realized that I could no longer hear her gentle snoring. Maybe she just rolled over, and I tried to logic myself, but I've never been particularly lucky which is why I was in this situation to begin with, and I knew that she was up. I poked my head slowly around the corner and looked down the hall towards where I'd left the ladder down. I didn't see it at first, and that's because the woman was standing in front, blocking it. She had a hand on her hip and her neck craned upwards towards the attic. I was frozen, terrified of making a noise. I prayed that she wouldn't decide to come to the kitchen If she did, I was done for. I had nowhere to go. Hello? The woman called up at the attic. She waited a moment, I suppose, for a response. She wasn't going to get one out of me. Is someone up there? She called with a small tremble in her voice. The silence was almost deafening as she waited for a response. And when one didn't come she turned on the hallway light. I darted my head back from around the corner, heart pounding in my chest thinking she must have spotted me, and then I heard her start to climb the ladder to the attic. My heart sank a little. If she climbed up and she looked past some of the boxes she would probably see my bed and then surely call the police. I gathered my courage and looked out into the hallway where the woman still stood now halfway up the ladder, and poking her head into the attic. I watched her for a moment before she began to climb down, and I once more retreated behind the corner. I heard her close the attic, and then heard the hallway light being shut off. I remember not knowing what to do, and my brain going into a sort of overdrive, plans running through my head faster than I could grasp them. Then I heard her peeing. Barely thinking and capitalizing on her being distracted, I moved through the dark hall and into her room, where I took a quick look around before crawling under her bed, deciding that would be the best place to hide for the time being. Only children checked under their beds for monsters. It was tight under there, with only an inch or two between the mattress and my head, but it was carpeted and warm. Most importantly, her blanket hung down off the bed on all sides and left little room to see under. She would have to purposely lift the blanket and peer under to see me, so I figured I was safe. Though my heart was still pounding, I began taking incredibly slow and quiet breaths. When she returned into the room, I briefly held my breath and then released it as she laid down on the bed over top of me. The mattress sank a little and gave me even less room to move but it was still oddly comforting. I remember thinking, I haven't slept so near to someone in years, but I can't fall asleep. I have to stay awake and get back into the attic. The next thing I remember is waking up to the smell of coffee. It was daylight and I was still under her bed. must have been hours. It certainly felt that way. I laid under the bed, trying not to take too deep a breath, lest I inhaled some dust and began to cough or sneeze, which would surely give my position away. I listened intently, she moved around the house, heard dishes clink as she cleaned up after breakfast. I waited until she left the house, presumably to tend to her garden because I didn't hear any car start, before making my move. I scuttled from under her bed as soundlessly as I could, making sure not to disturb the blankets hanging down. I got to my feet. My heart was thumping. How the hell could I have been so careless? All the planning in the world wouldn't help me if I kept making stupid mistakes. I wanted to poke around, peek out the window, watch as she tendered her garden, enjoy the way her hair sparkled in the late morning sunshine. I didn't dare, though and I made my way quickly into the hall where I ascended the ladder and started making my way up. A few short steps from the top, I began to hear the door open. My heart leapt into my throat and I pulled the ladder up quickly, making a large bang and drawing even more attention to myself than I ever would have liked. I moved quickly to the pile of things and buried myself, breathing quickly, hoping beyond hope that she would not come up. She must though, right? Hello. I heard her call from below. It wasn't the least bit challenging, nor aggressive, but sounded almost welcoming. A part of me was tempted by the sweet and soft sound of her voice to reveal myself and plead for mercy, as ridiculous as that sounded. I stayed quiet, though, because, as nice as she sounded, I had been burned before and wasn't eager to let it happen again. Who's there? She called. Silence stretched out, seconds into minutes. You could imagine her downstairs, tilting her head this way and that, like a dog trying to pick up on the direction of a sound. I waited. I didn't make a noise, and eventually, I fell back asleep. a few days before I dared to venture outside of the attic again, and restless days they were. I would need more food, and water soon. Every time I swallowed it felt like a piece of glass was working its way down my throat. I waited until nighttime and once more tried my hardest to descend from the attic without making too much noise. Luckily this time I was successful. I made my usual rounds tiptoeing around her darkened house to the sink for a drink and to the cupboards for food. I heard a rustling noise coming from the woman's bedroom, and my heart skipped a beat. I froze where I was in the hall. The ladder leading to the attic was still all the way down. I could make a run for it, but I didn't want to make any noise or confirm my presence any more than I had to. I'd cut it close too many times already. After what seemed like an eternity of waiting in the darkness, I decided it was safe to move again. I went to climb up the first step back towards my new living quarters, when I felt compelled to check in on her. Logic had temporarily flown out the window, and I wanted to look in on her sleeping. Maybe it was to calm my nerves, or maybe it was to get a glimpse at something that I had been missing for far too long. Normalcy. Normalcy being something I'd never expect to experience myself, not anymore, not since I'd become a wild thing. I crept slowly into her room, making sure to quickly retreat if the spot where I placed my foot began to creak a little. After a few silent moments, I was over her bed, looking down at her, sleeping softly and unaware. She was beautiful, or at least, she seemed beautiful to me. As someone with very little knowledge or expertise on the matter, I had no real idea what true beauty was. But if I had to guess, this woman possessed it. She was older, and wrinkles had begun to creep across her face, but not in a way that made her seem old or weathered, rather experienced and worldly. Her hair still contained the bright blonde of youth, Whether through natural means or hair dye, I would have no way of knowing. Her lips were soft and supple, her nose a little long but otherwise straight and perfect. I remember standing over her for quite some time, entranced. I remember briefly thinking, I wish this was my mother. Then she opened her eyes. It for this uh, for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Again, that was a uh, part one to a two parter story, and the second part and final part will be out uh, very shortly. So please stay tuned. Thank you so so much for listening. Uh, I really can't thank each and every one of you enough that m- makes it to the end. So sincerely thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, if you haven't already, um, make sure to subscribe or follow or like or whatever it is that you can do. Uh, and maybe just share the podcast with uh, with one of your friends. Uh, but, you know, your, your favorite story so far, uh, if you're able to share it, that'd be fantastic. Uh, but again, we'll be back very soon with the second part to this story. I hope you guys liked it. And uh, yeah, until next time, have a good one, everybody.